Hey folks, it's Adam Summer. This week on the Heartland Pod, no opening statement. We're going to get right into the fun. We're taking a trip to Tennessee. We're going to take a look at DeSantis eating pudding. Uh, Fox News makes a whoopsie. The GOP is ramping up their library attacks. Missouri makes national news again. And the EPA is directly under attack. And Justice Thomas has a bit of an ethical quandary, and it's only getting worse. Lots to do, so let's go. Welcome back to the Heartland Pod. My name is Adam Summer. I am your host. This is our regular Monday show, our talk in politics show with myself and my co-hosts, Rachel Parker and Sean Diller, who will join us in just a moment. Together, we bring big topics of the week with a special focus on the Heartland as we bring our middle out approach to politics and work to change the conversation. Catch all of our shows five days a week, including Dirt Road Democrat, hosted by Jess Piper on Thursdays, and our weekly roundup show, The Flyover View, with Kevin Smith every Friday for a 15-minute weekly catch-up, and, of course, High Country and the Delta on Wednesdays on their rotating schedule. Support what we do by leaving a five-star rating and a review wherever you're listening to the show, and make sure to follow us on social media with at the Heartland Pod on Facebook and Twitter and other places. Check out heartlandpod.com. Click the Patreon link to learn about becoming a member of our family of podheads and podgressives right over there at heartlandpod.com, or you can go to patreon.com slash heartlandpod to get signed up today for extra access, extra shows, and more. Lots to get to on today's show, and a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of topics. Uh, No last call right now. Uh, There is just a lot going on, and so we will get to last call another time, uh, but this show is is chock full. Uh, I have way more on the show sheet than I normally have, so we had a great time. I hope you enjoy uh, your week. I hope your Monday is great. I hope the rest of the week is great. It's going to be a sunny week uh, across most of the heartland, so enjoy some spring temperatures. Get out there and uh, you know, throw some headphones in, take a walk in the park. Remember that things aren't as bad as they seem all the time and that it's okay to sit down and just let the sunshine wash over your face and just enjoy life a little bit. Get out there and do that. All right, here's Talking Politics. Talking Politics. All right, we're here for Talking Politics. Uh, I'm, I'm no opening statement this week, so you jumped right from the opening spiel into this session. Uh, I am here, Adam Summer. I have my friends and co-hosts, Sean Diller and Rachel Parker. And uh, I had a, a very busy week, uh, a lot of stuff going on um, that I'm not going to get into right now. Uh, I'll talk uh, to you guys about it when it's time to talk about it. But uh just been a very busy week. But tonight I am sipping on uh, a beer. I'm, I'm actually drinking a beer. I have an Avery IPA from good old Colorado. Nice, um, yeah. I'm thinking about, you know, it's supposed to be out there soon. See Sean, and so it's just on my mind, and I had one of these in the fridge, and I was like, hell yeah. I love Avery. It's fantastic. Good beer. Yeah. Have you ever had the White Rascal? Avery oh, White Rascal? Yeah, I mean, the White Rascal is a, a gold standard, right? That's, That's really, really good. Yeah. Voice of Sean Diller, folks. By the way, Sean <laughs> Diller, how you doing? And uh, what are you sipping on? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. And uh, yeah, I've got a uh, a nice cup of Celestial Seasonings Sugar Cookie Sleigh Ride Tea from a uh, 
leftover from the leftovers. holidays, obviously. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's tasty. I can't really taste the sleigh ride. Um, but uh, <laughs> is, sleigh ride like tastes like. is it like a maple flavoring, a vanilla flavoring? Maybe. A, like, yeah, I think there's a, vanilla in it, a little orange peel, a, gra- a little graham, like a graham cracker. Right. Kind it of. does taste kind of like a cookie. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't know how they. Yeah, just sit there and put these weird leaves together and make these blends. But, um, you know, great work if you can get it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> a celestial seasoning mix- mixologist. If I were a blend master. Yeah. A blend master. <laughs> a tea blend master. Sounds like a Mike Myers character. Richard Parker. <laughs> the blend master? Yeah. Oh, God. Welcome to right. my blend. Rachel Parker, how about you? How you doing? And uh, what you sipping on? Uh, I'm doing good. Um. I'm sipping on a, a red Ruboy's tea with a little bit of milk in it. Mm. And I had to double the tea bags because, uh, I don't know. I think I used to make my own Ruboy's and I'm used to being really strong. Anyway, Sean, you should know something. So I have, I changed our CSA from getting coffee to getting tea. So I'm not inundated with like the fruity coffee that seems to be the flavor that uh, is very au courant and not my jam. But tea is tea, right? Tea. And right. I, I sometimes will have fake conversations in, in my head with you about about these teas that I have right now because I'm building up my tea, uh, which is way more me anyway, to have a lot of tea rather than like stockpiles of coffee. And I had one last week. It's this green tea and it has some hibiscus in it and some like and so it it is just delightful. And I was like, well, I, <laughs> I, th- I know I'm going to see Sean this spring sometime. So when I see you, we'll have to have a pot. I'll make a whole pot of this like delightful uh quite uh floral and very perfume very delicious uh green teeth blend that i have now that sounds great yeah i've drank i i'm way more into tea now like instead of that third pot of coffee i sometimes now just make a cup of tea like first pot is a six cupper and then i'll make four more <laughs> cups at, I mean, like, there's there's noon. there's black teas yeah. like your your british teas so you're no PG i find tips. those very frustrating the breakfast earl gray i love a good earl gray yeah <laughs> I love no, a good you gotta get tea. you gotta get the cheap you gotta get the cheap stuff that the brits drink like the, your pg the tips. bigelow the big yeah no right yeah the bigelow the red bag black tea bigelow <laughs> yeah that stuff is is a standard in my house i love that stuff <laughs> Then I just then I'm like I should just be drinking coffee. Yeah, um, well, at that point. But anyway, floral is my jam. Still more water. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I dig it. My, uh, new merch idea, uh, the Heartland Pot. It's a teapot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> take it from That's there. Really oh, yeah. I was going to make, re- may I make a recommendation? Um, for those of you who are curious about where I f- think the rational conversations are about uh about the quickly evolving AI mm-hmm. um, because I think a lot of it is kind of hysterical and I think a lot of it is also just kind of the usual like it's going to change everything um, it's either people as- saying like it's shit or it's Terminator yeah yeah um, so now I think we've moved past it shit to oh boy it's really changing quite quickly so my this, this I have to say is my favorite uh, conversation I've heard uh, with Ezra Klein was the guest on Hard Fork, which is one of my favorite technology podcasts. Um, with uh, uh, he's one of the like to- Kevin Roos is he's not the technology editor for the New York Times, but he's a pretty well known writer who just writes about technology. And Casey Newton, um, and Ezra Klein wrote kind of like what what I think has been misinterpreted as like a doomsday article about the time he's been spending in San Francisco with AI engineers, and um, this kind of lets him 
sort of be the smart guy that he is and you yeah. could hear the tone in his voice and there's something when you're there's something about hearing somebody's voice and they're talking about something that is making them kind of alarmed whether it's concerned or jovial or yeah yeah and just like the, there's a lot that kind of gets and and, and he's very in, he's an intense guy and he's a fantastic writer um, I don't agree with him all the time, but it, you know, I certainly think like he's one of our more interesting kind of like journal, journal intellectual types. Um, anyway, it's just a fantastic conversation. Uh, I, I tended to agree with a lot of his points um, with, with Klein's point. So really recommend it. If you guys are looking to listen to like an hour of like, you know, pretty understandable, pretty clear, pretty legible conversation about a very important topic in my opinion. Interesting. Interesting. Well, let's uh, let's jump into some topics uh, for the show. We've got a ton of stuff to to get to, um, and uh, this one just just have to just have to hit it. You don't f-ing say. So it turns out, uh, if you haven't seen that, the speaker of the Tennessee State House the very same speaker that was involved with the expelling of the two black male legislators and the attempt to expel the white lady that didn't get expelled. Uh, Well, it turns out he's a bit of a Josh Hawley type. You see, he doesn't necessarily live in his district. He uh, does, however, own a $600,000 house in Nashville. That's not his district. Ah, man. If only yeah. you were a uh, is that where Nick Schroer is that where Nick Schroer lives now? <laughs> sorry, that's for the that's for the nerds in the house. Sorry, go continue, Sean. Our Missouri folks. Oh no, just one of the guys who are expelled represents Nashville for real, right? For real, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So he the 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 the, the gory details. Uh, this is just a quick hit, and then we're gonna move on. But uh, he they had a very expensive house in the district he was elected in. They sold it. Uh, and then they got an apartment, but this trust that nobody really knew about then bought a house of a similar price and size to the one that they sold. Their old dope mansion out in the country. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if I'm um, speaking of uh, Nick. I wonder if this case will be a little bit like the one that we just had here a few years ago. God, that really wasn't just a few years like it was like six years ago. Yeah. But anyway, uh, when Mr. Schroer was first elected to the House of Representatives in Missouri, right. and the judge in that case was like, "Well, as long as he intends to serve them, yeah. as long as his intention is that his, his as long as he has the intention well, of serving uh, them, it's we'll weird see. how many. Yeah, we'll uh, seems like a lot of politicians use this uh, mechanism of some kind of trust. I don't know. I guess they're just. They don't actually have money, so everything they get is, you know, someone trying to bribe them. It's all gotta be them. funneled, yeah. Right, yeah. So, because like Greitens, it was the same. Like you look up where he lives, and it's like it's an Innsbruck address, which is like a vacation community to start with, right. and it's owned by like some LLC that's owned by ten other LLCs. Right. Exactly. You know? yeah. It's like, what are you guys and he, doing? And he didn't have any money. Like, same right? Thing. Yeah. Like, as a part. Nobody- well, I guess he wrote his book and stuff. Didn't he have some? Yeah, cash? I mean, he but had anyway, some I don't know money, why they do but it. he didn't have. M- money money he didn't have run right. for president money not to buy a mansion and they all think they should be living in mansions i guess oh, that's correct it's yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, a big exactly. part of it well narcissism is a hell of a drug all right let's uh move on uh this is just a little bonus uh a little lol moment uh for everybody here um i don't uh, yeah here here we go here we go <laughs> so 
So a little LOL moments. Uh, did you guys see this Ron DeSantis ad? It's MAGA attacking uh, Ron. Right. Um, it's a Trump campaign ad. We're in the election. He's yeah. a declared candidate. And see he this? is savagely attacking <laughs> the Ron DeSantis. Of the pudding yeah. Off the fingers. It's, uh, the thing that's so crazy about it is that like it attacks him for things that he has done that apparently the the MAGA people are going to pretend like they also don't want to do, which is like slash social social safety net programs like right. Medicaid right. and Medicare. Right. And Pope's saying he's unelectable. It's so great. It's yeah. so great. He's it's hammering DeSantis, hammering yeah. him into the ground. And he it's hasn't really so said anything. Funny. I think there was some spokesman of his uh, who said, unlike Trump, Ron is not afraid of his pro-life bona fides. So I think they're trying okay. to get some kind of angle. But yeah, Ooh. Trump's campaign. Trump is going to be like, I gave you those two nut jobs. Right. <laughs> Three. Remember those two? <laughs> right. I gave them two years. Yeah. But um, <laughs> he's just evolving now. Yeah. yeah but I guess, I like yeah, it. somewhere. I think it was the Daily Beast broke that DeSantis either once or frequently like gets into the pudding cup with his finger. Sure. Uh, Who like amongst first us? grader. Right. And then, you know, plunges. Because there's not going to be another one for you soon, Ron. You're the governor. Yeah. Just be like, can I get another pudding cup? Like, yeah, so this bro. Ad, this ad is fantastic. It has like a, a faceless person kind of like disgustingly like getting yes. into a pudding cup, putting their fingers in their mouth. <laughs> and then the voice comes on. And it's like. Ron DeSantis always has his fingers where they shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> like, bam. It's like, not only is he a disgusting person, but because of his position on Social Security and Medicare, he would be a disastrous candidate uh, or nominee for the Republicans. Just, so, uh, and, just if, and if they can discipline Trump just to say that at one or two rallies, you see this? You see oh, how Ron? I, yeah, I, right. I said, I said, <laughs> I, I said, he'll... Social Security and Medicare are sacred. I said, I said, like you know. I thought you meant the pudding. I think that's going to become a greatest hits. Oh, um, absolutely. Are you kidding me? I don't even know what he calls Ron DeSantis, but I know what he's going to call him. Yeah, exactly. Pudding fingers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's too good. Yeah, oh, slippery fingers, Ron. <laughs> that's going to be better than Ron Sanctimonious or whatever. Yeah, Ron another... Sanctimonious. Yeah. Get another one too for Ron. I can't remember. Meatball what it was. Ron. Is inappropriate yeah, against yeah. Italian American. Yeah, especially especially coming from a, another large, so what it'll another say large is, ass human being. <laughs> what I'll say is, Ron de Sanctimonious, Ron de Sanctimonious. This, uh, have you seen? Have you seen this guy with his the fingers? Are the fingers? I don't know. It seems to be a problem. The fingers. I don't know. Well, like yeah. likes like pudding. I like this as your Trump just evolves into Bernie really quickly. Likes like, it. Like. Like he suddenly like uh, a, a Jew from like Jersey City. A lot of pudding, that guy. I mean, that is kind of what he sounds like sometimes. But uh, anyway, if you guys haven't watched the SNL cold open from Easter with uh, James Austin Johnson doing his Trump where he's directly comparing himself to Jesus and talking about the Last Supper. Oh, no, I haven't seen it. how Ron DeSantis did a Judas and uh, <laughs> how he's <laughs> Jesus Christ of Azkaban. Jesus Christ of Azkaban, they call him. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, just man. it's it's perfect yeah, it's perfect anyway uh speaking of uh funny stuff uh another lol is fox news has apologized to the judge in their uh, dominion case so if you haven't been following this closely turns out uh that fox had blacked out uh some some portions of the uh discovery that they were supposed to turn over and sean you were looking at this uh, some of the stuff that they had, uh, you know, 
omitted? What's uh, give us an overview? Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I have come, I've done a 180 on how I think this case is going to shake out. Basically, before I was really afraid, it seemed like Dominion had kind of a shaky claim or at least a big risk, you know, that a jury would not uh, decide that Fox, you know, had had acted with malice when it comes to the truthfulness. Yeah, of what they were saying. Um, But Tucker Carlson has been like, in addition to all the other texts that came out, like a lot were redacted by Fox. I don't remember what the reasoning was, like why it was okay. Probably, did, what do they say that it's just un, irrelevant, non, or... non-responsive to the actual discovery, so they don't. Right. Have to, yeah. So Tucker it. said that, <laughs> like the Dominion story was shockingly reckless. Yeah. In a text that they had redacted, and then they had also said that Rupert Murdoch was not an uh, an executive or an officer at Fox right. News. Um when he was and is very, um, very much so <laughs> right he very yeah, much so, so yeah so I, I mean if i were to predict i'd say this is going to end up settling but well, yeah and in fact uh, as we're doing this so i pulled up the cnbc headline because the uh, one of my lawyer friends sent me this uh because the headline is just so the headline is fox news apologizes to judge in defamation case for failing to disclose rupert murdoch's role at the network which as a lawyer is like one of the funniest jokes I've ever read in my entire apologizing life. to a judge. Like, sorry that we <laughs> didn't disclose. This is the eve of trial folks. It's going to, it was supposed to go to trial this week. Breaking news as we're recording it um, is that it's being delayed and it's being delayed because what Fox news is doing right now is trying to figure out how they can pay dominion without saying that they did it. That's what they're working and on I, right now. I think I think that ship has sailed, kids. Uh, I think that if ship I was a lawyer sailed. for Dominion, I would not settle this case. I would. I don't think. I think <laughs> right. it's not about money. No. For them, interesting. It's not right? about money. It's yeah, about right. just like enough. Like, it, it, maybe it was about about money a long time ago, but now that they have just like smoking gun. I think the thing that Dominion doesn't care about is if they, is if they collect. Yes. Right. Yes, and think about where they're at right now from a news cycle standpoint. They're going to dominate the news cycle. Like Correct. this, this trial is going to Correct. be everywhere all Correct. the time. So Correct. because we're we're a year out from the hardcore presidential of, stuff. It's also sort of the other <laughs> one of the other Trump trials, kind of. Right, right. It's a tacit kinda. Trump trial. Yeah, yeah. It's totally, a January yeah. 6th. A hundred percent. It's totally it's a it's yeah. a it's yeah, a yeah. big lie. It's a trial right. on the big lie. That's really Correct. what it yeah. comes down to. Yeah, it's part yeah, it's, and it's a big pillar of the big lie, honestly, when you look back at what was going on and the dates on right. these right. texts, November tenth, November twelfth. And it's like right. one of them was from Laura Ingram's producer, very uh blunt to some of the Fox News people who were wanting uh that her to talk about Dominion. She said, Laura's not gonna touch Dominion story because it started on eight chant. Right. Fair enough. That was her reason. <laughs> right. Communicated directly. And By then the Sean way, Hannity. Really good reason. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Because it wasn't anywhere else. It was fake. You know, it's like right. it came from these fucking conspiracy sites. Um, but Hannity, on the complete other hand, uh, to his folks and anyone who would listen, was saying, we need to own the Dominion story. Yeah. And that's the recklessness, you know, and then the fact that they were putting Sidney Powell on over and over again when right. all of them knew she was they knew. completely right. You do wonder, it once, it's an accident. Right. Any more oh, than no, this once. Was, yeah. It's not. This was no, this was uh this was a concerted, like we're afraid of hundreds our... and hundreds of hours of coverage, like when you think yeah. about it too. Exactly. Yeah. Crazy. And I It'll think be it'll wild. be kind of interesting and one of the reasons uh, that it's so 
laudable that Dominion has taken it this far is that one of Trump's things that he will not let go of is I should have won. It's all right. rigged and whatever. Right. So they he, took it from you. Yeah. So that has been something that's been uh, a very big problem for the Republican Party. Big, big assumption outside, including abortion, of course, as to why um, the midterms didn't go as planned is because of how many of their own stupid dumb dumbs won't stop saying the election was stolen in 2020. So it'll be interesting to watch the tail walk the dog, right? So as, right. as there's going to be more evidence and more testimony and more things and more witnesses called and like Dominion can call whoever they want. Like that's all been cleared. They can, they're going to be able to call Murdoch's all of them, Lachlan too, mm-hmm. uh, the, your Hannity's your, your everybody, all the people name a person. They could probably, they're probably going to be able to like, Call Sidney Powell as a witness if they want to. I mean, just like all kinds of people. God, and amazing. Trump is going to be out there talking about like, I told you, I told you sleepy Joe Biden did not win that election. And it's going to be this strange, like, right. like, like it's not going to be good for, it's not gonna be good for him. If he doesn't shut up about it, I don't think he's gonna be able to shut up about it. Yeah, me either. Well, let's move on. Either true or false, uh, we're going to refocus uh, more locally. Uh, in Missouri, there is uh, an effort underway to, and it looks like it's going to happen, uh, to take away the state funding for public libraries in the state of Missouri. Uh, it's worth noting that that is not the only funding mechanism for public libraries in Missouri. However, it is a fairly substantial piece of money, and for certainly for smaller libraries, it's going to be a serious hit. For the bigger ones, they'll you know it probably won't kill operations, but it is going to be an impact. It's going to change you know what programs may be available, the level of staffing, all of those things. It's going to, it's going to be an impact. So um, the true or false is that the GOP's war on libraries will boost Democrat support. Uh, similar to basically the abortion thing, or at least that it will hurt GOP support, um, that it could, that it could turn some people off or something like that. So that, that's the true or false. Um, I think it's true. Uh, the reason I think it's true is because, uh, anybody who's either got kids or spent, spends time with folks who have young kids knows that going to the library is a great, day trip, a great daytime activity to burn time. Uh, it's a place where kids can look at a bunch of different things all at once. You know, they, they can, you know, bounce off the walls, so to speak, from a, from an energy standpoint, not like, you know, playpen style, but they can go from book to book to book to book to book, right? They can, they can enjoy a bunch of things. There's activities. Sometimes there's crafts, there's story, you know, there's all kinds of stuff to engage kids. And it's a really good way to spend some time. And I think when that gets impacted, that there's a ripple that occurs there because those are the moms and, you know, and dads, but these are people who are out in their public library with their kids. Those people are paying attention to something, right? They're not, these are not people who don't know what's going on at all. They're going right. to be paying attention. And when you think of like politics and messaging, you're always like, well, who, you know, who's going to be paying attention to this and how exactly. are they going to feel about it? And a lot of times, you know, Something that's frustrating is that, you know, more academic arguments against what the GOP is doing or complaints that, you know, are kind of too brainy uh, or niche, you know, 
might not be picked up on by most people. Right. Um, but when you talk about their insane war on libraries and their incessant politicization of local services, public health, the libraries, right. everything, hospitals, clinics, you know, they're, it all comes together and people are like, geez, you know, these 28 year old nitwit flaccid fuckers in these legislatures uh, don't get my life at all. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rachel. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll say it's true. Um, I, I hope, I mean, so let's just keep, let's just follow follow the bouncing ball about why this happened. This happened because there was a lawsuit pending Correct. Um, to prevent the state legislature from censoring books and libraries because it is an obvious First Amendment issue. Correct. Right? So that's going to proceed. So to punish everybody uh, for the ACLU lawsuit that is proceeding against the state legislature for fucking banning books and, and it's a good lawsuit by the way it's a very good lawsuit it is shut and it is it is they it is a open and shut case so to speak um so the republican the supermajority's response is oh you don't like our censorship we're taking away the libraries from you Correct. so it's an all-out assault on publicly funded institutions again yeah and Sean's right. Like when you point out like, well, okay, so they've been shaving off the bottom for so long that the first people that were affected were mostly and almost exclusively people who were so disenfranchised. Missouri's so chock full of poverty right. that when you disenfranchise those people more, no one really notices. Right. And the people on our team generally, I mean, by our team, I mean like literally the kind of people who do a heartland pot just piper us whatever right. like we notice and we really care but um there's a lot of classism in democratic circles too blah, blah blah whatever but i do think that if you live in um a smaller community like is the st louis county public library system going to be okay probably yeah 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 um is is is, is like the you know we're talking about like uh, towns that are uh, over an hour away from KC or STI, right? right? These libraries right. cover huge geographic areas yeah. out in the yeah. counties. You yeah. Know. So, yeah. so they won't be able to fix equipment. Right. They won't be able to deliver um, books to people who. Yeah. You know, yeah. Re refurbish. You know, like or keep the lights on for as long. And, you know, be right. open for for. Right. As long. And there right. are people like one of the things that <clears throat> I think folks take for granted we we're talking about this some before we recorded is is internet access and uh libraries are one of the only places where if you don't have the means to have a working computer or internet or <clears throat> hell you do have the means but your computer is broke right the, the library right. is an instantly accessible information hub for people that can connect them to jobs it can connect right. them Go to and apply services for that's paying exactly. for bills yeah, yeah pay bills so much is run online i mean yeah. I, I go to the bank god i don't even go to the bank like every once in a blue moon i'm physically at a bank but like i just do it all on my phone it's like beep bop boop bop you know done M money moved paid bills paid done thank you like it's crazy how much is done online on that stuff so th that is, it's an important thing and, and people are going to, they're going to notice it. They're going to notice it. 
There's um, and, and in the meantime, I just want to drop this note. Uh, the state is going to be spending $3.5 million on an app that they're going to use to uh, better deal with school shootings, not avoid school shootings. No, 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 no. This is an app for they're not gonna go after the when it's happening. Themselves. Yeah. And also not doing something like updating their like antiquated system for like filing unemployment insurance. So this 3, would be some kind of basically million like dollars. A, the equivalent of like a three one one outbound text, you know, I'm it would, sure it, like it would be whatever. A, it would be like a closed circuit, kind of like a Slack, like what we have, right. like a closed circuit where they can share information about the shooter's location and what's going on without right. having to use someone, other sources of communication. It's kind of a consultant kind of, who knows Parson will put a huge right, amount of money right. in their pocket, and they'll come up, and then yeah. that money will be gone. I can yeah. tell, exactly. yeah, I can, I can tell you if you want how, like, how that will get built. Um, it'll take, it'll take two years for them to come up with like a requirements document. And right. then it will, the money will be and gone. then the money will be gone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we yeah. have to, we had to scrap it. We ran out of money. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we're spending money on that, but libraries, not so much. Let's, uh, let's move on here. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, sticking in Missouri for a moment, uh, because it's national news now. Um, if you're, if you're on Twitter, you know that Missouri was trending, uh, for, all the wrong reasons and the yeah no is that we've got more assholes with mustaches and this time it's a pair of mics uh so we got we got the mic of hearts and the mic of diamonds uh mike lindell uh the my pillow sales person thing guy with his blue shirts and his my pillow um you know the guy anyway he's back in missouri he's back in springfield for another election fraud event they must really so love Springfield. I don't. Yeah, well, maybe Top of the Rock, man. Top of the Rock is a wonderful place. I recommend it. Um, it's beautiful. No, uh, I mean I love Springfield too. But what, like Mike Lindell was just in Springfield within the last year and a half. Right. Like it's probably the only place right, that he yeah. can afford like the the hotel. Like the hotels are cheap, but it's a big enough population center that right. his Looney Tunes well, group of followers can... will like meet him there, and he can rent rent out a nice room at the Radisson or whatever. <laughs> like, it's an easy one nighter. Like uh, like if you're well, if you're talking St. Louis area, Kansas City area, Norman, Oklahoma, uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, right? So you're there's there's a ton of population within four hours. Where is where is he from? Like where is he actually Minnesota? properly from? Soda. But he Maybe? lives here. Mike Lindell. Yeah. Like, I don't know. My pillow I've... is in my pi- my pillow's in Missouri. Is it really? Like, they make those they make those fucking things here. Yeah, unless they've moved. Yeah. I did not know that. I had no yeah. idea. I, I'll I'll go. My favorite version of Michael Miller is Minnesota. Is... You got it. 1961 in Mankato, wow. Minnesota. <laughs> I just his his accent and the way that Beck Bennett plays him feels Minnesotan. It says uh, the next line him. is in Wikipedia. The next line is Lindell's gambling addiction began to emerge in his teenage years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you gotta love that. But that pairs with uh, the other Mike with a mustache, Mike Moon, who uh, you've surely, if you listen to a show like this, have seen. Uh, Peter Meredith did an excellent job of pinning Mike Moon down on an old vote about child, child pregnancy and marriage, child rape, and forced marriage of young girls, 12-year-old girls. 
And Mike Moon basically doubled down on the whole thing. And now it's this big backpedal to say, obviously, he doesn't really support child rape. And it's like, well, a 12-year-old can't consent to have sex. So, yeah, you do if you support that it happens at all and that they should then have to marry the person to raise the baby as a family. And that happened. That's a real thing uh, that has happened. It's a real thing that continues to happen. And it's a real thing that Mike Moon uh, is on record having supported and that the rest of the Republicans in the state of Missouri have gone out of their way to not just denounce it, yeah. to not just say, no, it's a fringe position. I don't support it. Like Jesus they've Christ. gone out of their way. I to think they kind of that. hate him anyway. Like he's not exactly what I would say. A popular Which should figure. make it really easy for them. Correct. Correct. And you're, a and lot of you're, states. You're correct. Oh, I just want to say my pillow. I don't know where I got that. It was in Missouri. Probably my dad told me that it's probably one of those like Kurt Parker, uh, like hangover facts, but uh, uh, it is in, it is also in ten, uh, Minnesota. Continue. There you go. Apologies. Go. Yeah, no, a lot of states have these, backwards statutes that allow kids to get married and obviously just like you're saying adam like often or always the 12 year old is not really in a position to protest if the adults around her have decided that she's going to get married the adults around her who allowed the the sexual assault to happen in the first place and and mike moon says do you know any 12 do you know any kids who have been married at age 12 I do, Mike Moon says, and guess what? They're still married. Which makes it fine? Right. That's an argument he, in favor also, of getting married he also when you're something like, and, they're very, and, and they're very happy. And I was like... <laughs> does, uh, that's not in the yeah. quote. I didn't, I, I didn't actually read that. Yeah, he says something <laughs> like in the... Because he, he and Peter are going back... Because he and Peter are going... Representative Meredith are going back and forth. And uh, yeah. Representative Meredith was like, uh, he's like, do you have you ever met anybody? And my, M- Peter Meredith is like, thank God, no. Like, he basically is like, yeah. hey, bro, don't you know anybody that's like ever married a 12 year old? And Peter Meredith is like, thank God I have never been subjected to a person who thinks be- being a pedophile is acceptable. No, I have not. Yeah. And Mike Moon's like, well, I can just tell you they're very happy. It's like it's like him doubling down for the dumbest reasons he probably doesn't it's probably a fucking lie like it's probably just complete absolute bullshit like i bet you he doesn't know anybody who's actually he just i think it was just a flex on peter merritt i think he was just trying to like own the libs or whatever but they're so far afield of rational now that they'll just say anything um yeah maybe like like his grandma or something but like yeah i bet you he doesn't you're not getting I Pennsylvania you back if you keep talking about shit like this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Republicans got zing, the yeah, zing, true. zing. Let's zing. move on here. All right, the buy or sell. Uh, the national level, shifting gears, the national GOP's attack on the administrative states uh, presents a major risk to the well-being of all of us, but in particular here, the framing that it presents a risk to Gen Z and, you know, our children, like Sean and I's children's age uh, and beyond. Uh, the reason that this comes up, I dropped uh, an article and I'll, 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 put, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, this is a legal uh, journal article from Law 360 and the WOTUS, the Waters of the United States, uh, this is an EPA, so this is an administrative thing, <clears throat> which administrative law and statutory law and case law are all three different types of law. And administrative law is kind of the, you know, if, if you're going to take those three things, I would call them 
uh, uh, straw, sticks, and stone. And the administrative law would be the straw of the bunch. So it is the easiest to blow over. It's the easiest to get rid of. It's the easiest to change, the easiest to make, all of those things. Um, a North Dakota judge, which is, of course, highly representative of all the other states that have people in them, a North Dakota judge overruled an administrative uh, uh, rule in 24 states, including Missouri, connected to clean water. Um, and so that is occurring. And this is a this just happened this week, so that's why I'm highlighting this one. Um, it's an example of a larger thing. And, Sean, I'm sure that you're seeing this as somebody who did the law school thing as well. Um, you know, I, I think you become hypersensitive to the to the administrative law aspects of life. And that distinction is really important. Um, you know, this, this war on the administrative state, what do you think you buy or sell that it's a, you know, this is a serious threat, not just a political problem, that it's a genuine threat. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it is a genuine threat to the well-being of Gen Z and beyond, just like you're saying. And, you know, it's a, it's an injustice. Um, you know, like I've lived in a bunch of different places, but I grew up in rural Missouri and, you know, then moving around and just knowing I've always loved statistics and, you know, health information and, you know, voting patterns and like all of this, I've just always loved reading that kind of stuff. And then, and then you see it on the ground. So like when I, the most obvious example, when I moved to New York for law school, there were free condoms. I don't know if you guys know that, but New York has free condoms. You know, who doesn't have free condoms? Warrington, Missouri. Right. You know, and right. also just thousands and thousands of other towns where, you know, we don't get to choose where we're born. And, you know, AIDS rates in the South are way higher than other places. Right. Um, you know, addiction in different places, syphilis, uh, respiratory diseases, you know, the unraveling of a lot of these regulations, especially in places that are already predisposed to having private companies run all this stuff or have right. it just be seen as a cash cow. And like the 3.5 million for the app is just a perfect example. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it leaves people, you know, falling through the cracks and there are really bad, you know, outcomes, you know, deaths really. I mean, we're talking about clean water, clean air, and the ability to access services that keep us healthy. So, you know, yeah, it's, upsetting it's an injustice and you're right they're uh they're just siding with chinese um pork producers over the kids who live in their districts yeah rich parker i mean i don't know how i'm gonna really uh say anything else beyond yes to all of that um i mean i've kind of been saying for a long time that the real goal whenever people talk about like well they just want these laws because they they want um they want to control our bodies I'm like that's not really true that is a happy coincidence that the republican party is able to uh get lawmakers and lawmaking bodies and judges on benches by pretending like they want to control your body what they really want to control is regulatory st like statutory regulatory environments right Right. So primarily what they want is to be able to be like, we can dump a bunch of mercury or cyanide or whatever the hell else is a byproduct of anything, right? That we make, that we suck out of the ground yeah. um, and not have any consequences for that. We yeah. don't want any of these like Aaron Brockovich lawyers coming after us later because a bunch of people, we just like, we discover something called a cancer alley 
Um, the EPA has already been just knocked around so much. Yeah. And when you like that goes back to something Sean said earlier in the show that, you know, if you're to if you're going to attack the Republicans on the fact that they have decreased the power of the EPA, the FTC, the SEC, and the IRS, and if you go after them really hard about that, that's not probably going to win you out a lot of elections. Although those things are incredibly important. Right. 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 Of course that they well, you know, like those are the things they've been doing for years. Um so I would like to think that the Biden administration that is currently strengthening uh air pollution standards and also was they just the the EPA just uh came after Missouri for something um that had to do with like again like clean air and clean water standards. They're like, you guys are terrible at not complying with anything. So my hope is that um, some of this can be offset, but you know, it's really scary. I mean, that kind of stuff is yeah. what is the problem to me. That stuff is the, that along with like, you know, poverty, but like yeah. this kind of stuff is really, you know, if we all have health insurance, I'm not sure how much it's going to matter when we all can't breathe. Right. Like That's exactly right. That's exactly we all going right. to go to the hospital hospital together and be like, I got lung cancer. And, and, and it's an like... excellent point on the, the, it's really a messaging thing, right? Because to us, uh, we're we're all you know we're not policy. Well, Sean's a policy wonk, I guess, but we're we're all political geeks, right? We're we're constantly in this stuff and looking at it. And so, us talking about the EPA is how we're going to talk about it. But if I'm talking to a voter, uh, you know, somebody who is not always plugged into this stuff, I'm talking about why wa- I'm talking about your drinking water. Do you know where right. your drinking water comes from? Do you know who tests it? Do you know what the standards are? Do you know why it's safe? Do you know those things? Because nobody does. And the problem is, too, is that when you take them down that path, if you're talking to a swing voter who has just glazed over that swing voter because of the way, uh, again, uh, mostly the kind of libertarian, don't tax me types for for a century or more, have kind of program people when you bring up that issue with somebody who isn't tuned in, who doesn't, who doesn't really pick through the nuance with quite the same veracity that we do, et cetera. That person will say, Oh, well, you can't trust the government for anything. They'll, they'll right, just, they'll right, throw it into right, like the, right. the government's bad at all the things that doesn't surprise me that they're like, you're not going to like win anybody over with it, which is why if you're already tuned into the stuff, it's just exhausting. But I do think that like, if you're a young person, um and you don't have a cause uh even if it's just general like climate change right yeah my advice is that you better dive into the weeds a little bit like dive into those weeds like and don't worry about like how you're going to communicate them just carry the knowledge with you yes and make sure that you can like whip it out at somebody and do so in a, in a thoughtful and kind well, way because we can't be mad at people for not following this stuff and, like and to do. be like, an effect a really effective communicator you have to be able to get into that stuff because if you get into the if you get somebody on the hook in that conversation, if you can let's say you know like if I'm going to have that conversation, my opener is probably going to be can I can I just ask you a question really quickly? Which one of these things would you rank as more important to you day to day? Whether or not the water coming out of your faucet is clean, or whether or not your neighbor is allowed to have an abortion. Is that is that a question that you will answer for? Or me? or if or if you can or can go to a drag show. Yeah, that's which, a great honestly, one. Honestly, yep. which one of these things is really more important? Right. To which you? one is more important to your day to day life? A drag queen reads a book at a library <laughs> right. in a county two hundred miles from here, 
Or whether or not your well water is you full have, of arsenic or not. Yeah, whether or not you have clean. When you turn on the tap, right. when you put water right. into the pot to boil pasta for dinner for your family, that that water is clean. Because well, that's the kind of question. Boil, yeah. Yeah. Do you, you, you want to keep boiling water or to drinking water all the time? Yeah. yeah. Th that's the kind of question that I use in cross examination. That is, it's confrontational, but it's not <clears throat> accusatorial, right? And so it forces a person to answer a question where there is only one possible actual answer that it makes sense. And and it's so it's so glaringly obvious what the answer is that the person can't help but answer the right answer. Yeah. Cuz cuz they can't escape it, right? Of course the answer to that question is whether or not I have clean drinking water in my faucet. Of course it is. Every time it is. And so it opens up the dialogue to say, you know, do you think it's important to maintain that clean water? Do you think it's important to make sure that it's you're, you're, that everybody gets a chance to have clean water? And and I'm just even talking about like you're oh, sorry, in. Go ahead. No, you just at that point you're in, and then you then because then if it turns to nuance, my point is you have to have it because if if right. that person decides right. they're Correct. really in on that issue, they're going to want to hear more. Not just your, they don't want you to move on to another issue. And when people right. talk about one issue voters, that can be an issue, right? It doesn't have to be the big issue that everybody's talking about. People get excited about one issue. Most people are one issue voters. Their thing is what's been driving them. They're like people who volunteer probably have one issue that really drives them. And it might not be your issue. So that, that's, it's worth talking to folks about that stuff. Anyway. No, totally. I think I'm really glad that you took it where you did and I can be quick wrapping this up, but like that's, you know, social movements are, you know, really how you can get involved at the local level on these sorts of things. And you don't have to know all the regulations, like especially environmental re regulations are so complex and. Um, no, you but know, you can know where to find them, right? You right. can know, but, know how to but, get the information. And what's really important if you're, you know, wanting to be part of a social movement that protects people in this climate where industry is trying to unravel everything is it's those vivid examples. So like here in Colorado, the oil and gas commission, while I've, since I've been here has changed their charter. So they, there's right. a regulatory agency, the Colorado oil and gas commission, their mission used to be to foster the industry in Colorado. And we're a natural resources state with like a long mining history, kind of like Pennsylvania too. Um, you know, they've had a lot of fracking there and there was a huge reform movement um, that ended up passing after an abandoned well exploded and two or I think three people died in a house in Firestone, Colorado. Um, and, you know, these are the things that are happening. And I think, you know, in Pennsylvania, it was about what was coming out of the faucets. You know, there were some crazy visuals right, right. of, you know, what is fracking doing? And then even as Republicans were saying, you're paying more because the Democrats have a war on oil and gas, a big swing state that's so important, like Pennsylvania, people could see voters aren't completely stupid, as I've said, right. and I'll keep saying. And, you know, we changed the charter of our oil and gas commission here in Colorado, despite insane protest from industry. And now, their mission is to protect the safety and welfare of the people who live here. And, you know, people support that, um, you know, regulation isn't automatically, a, um, unpopular. So yeah. Yeah. Cool well, topic, Adam. Thanks. Well said. Well said. Rachel, anything else on that before we move on? Um, I'll say really quickly, like we, since we're talking about young people and involvement and, um, 
I, I think it's just to be compulsory now that everybody has a, an issue that they, I don't know, just kind of try to push it along a little bit. I know, yeah. I think the days are, I think the days are definitely behind us where, um, if you are a rational person who, you know, just wants sort of a, a reasonably good life for yourself and for people around you, right. um, you have to <clears throat> somehow get involved in something. I don't, I'm not going to tell yeah. you what it should be, but you're going to have to pick up an oar. There has been, we've, we've enjoyed a, a 20, late 20th and early 21st century where things just kind of problematic though they were, um, social injustice, notwithstanding, obviously, uh, things just still kind of function for most yeah. people in a pretty good way. Right. It was like oh, driving wait. a Honda. Yeah. Just like, yeah, yeah just, totally. Just yeah. Kind of kept. Yeah. Running. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, was certainly a wake up call for a lot of people. And I think that the, the, one of the reasons that we have any kind of a social justice movement in some ways is connected to, to going back to occupy. Um, but anyway, uh, so if you are, and I just have to assume if you're listening to this, like you're somebody who's already pretty, pretty involved and hands-on and stuff. So how do you get people to care? How do you get people? Yeah. I think that's like the homework I would give anybody is like, what can you say to people that you know who care in all the right ways, but don't do anything? Right. That's like, a don't make them feel guilty. I, I'll make dudes my age feel plenty guilty. Don't I got that shit on lock. Like, I'm like, oh, really? So now that you're 50, you're just going to lean back and complain about everything, but you've never <laughs> yeah. done anything about any of it a day in your fucking life, and you're going to have the audacity to whatever. That, I'll, I got that. Yeah, it's like Don't what worry. you say to somebody who's, like, eating a bag of chips and is like, I just can't lose any weight. And, you just, and like, they're like, 50. Right, and, and 50. if they're, like, a good friend of yours, and you just go, have you considered for and a they're 50. second? Like, <laughs> like uh, yeah. If you're, like, no, 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 Gen X, bro brother man. Yeah. Like, when I'm not going to entertain your little, like, <laughs> I am just sick of this stuff. Well, you've never door knocked, so shut right. up. Right, um, right. I got that. I'm saying, like, how can you approach people in a way that says look i i don't have to tell you just find something that matters to you i like what sean work said about like everybody having an issue and it made me think of um you guys don't watch sports the way i do but they're the major league baseball like did such 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 an overstatement but anyway go ahead <laughs> understatement rather, yeah, yeah. No, that's a wild understatement um but the uh, major league baseball has had for a long time this uh uh ongoing campaign uh in conjunction with mastercard right that how successful is this campaign i know that mastercard is the sponsor and uh it's stand up to cancer and they give people <clears throat> at the ballpark they give them a placard and you write your person like your issue into the placard and then when they do the like we're gonna stand up for cancer you know st louis everybody you know, get your sign. Here's right? who I'm standing up for. Yeah, and yeah, everybody stands great. together on this larger umbrella issue, but they're all standing for their one single issue, and it's not anybody else's issue, right? And yet, at the same time, they're standing for the same thing. Right, and they're part of a movement, and all they have to do is stand there. Ever since I started seeing uh, Stand Up to Cancer stuff, I was like, this is good. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> great. Yeah. It's great. And yeah. I also think like mm, that's what it made too, me think like, of. I also think too like if you're the kind of person that helps um oh I don't know raise money for things like cancer things like that. Yeah. That's great. It I'm, means you by the wonderful. way have the skill set to do 
What also, that's mean? not. This is going to suck. I'm going to say this because in some cases, I would argue that's not activism. That's generous. Yes, it's there's not a difference activism. between activism and the other. What? what uh, sorry, I did smoke pot right before. I have like the worst <laughs> brain fog today, you guys. I'm not even kidding. It's so terrible. Kind of like um, astroturf, is that like grassroots and astroturf. This. Well, I was just going to say there's a difference between doing something that's charitable and something that's like pointedly a, a, right. a, a, like activism. And I don't want to tell you that you should take away time from the things that are that, that give you meaning and that make your life important. I'm saying you have to do both now. That's what I'm saying to you. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's you know, like, I, I do you have to stuff. do both. It's like my wife works with volunteers for uh, Rett Syndrome uh, Foundation for our, uh, our daughter's uh, disability. She volunteers for the foundation for that. Um, I do this side of it. She does that side of it. Right. So, you know, we're doing, we're, we're in both, in both lanes. Um, but you're totally right. You know, when it, when it, when uh, Dobbs opinion came out, right. We went to the, to the protest, we went to the meeting in our town to the protest and my wife didn't stay home because she was, you know, well, I, I do the charity thing. I don't do the other thing. Right. No, she did it. Right. She showed up. We took our kids. So it, you know, you can do both. You can do both. Uh, you really and, can. Yeah. And if you no. and if you if you are somebody who has learned how to pick up a phone and ask people for money, you're exactly who candidates. We really want you. And it just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just and it just means that in addition, you should just find some another little thing, and you just. I'm not saying you should go to another meeting. You should be on another board, and you should like. By the way, the the very common word that I was reaching for was philanthropy. philanthropy like this is what you, you all go. have. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. This is what yeah, you all right. have to look forward to. By the way, women, um, and, women and, and ladies. That's an excellent thing, though, Rachel. Like, don't think another thing. You don't. You don't have to be in charge. You don't have to be a president of a club. Yeah. You can yeah. be a member who shows up yeah. once every and, other meeting, and just make sure they're checking in. And you can, and you... as someone who's done this for a long time, I'm glad we're really talking <coughs> about it and I won't go, to, but like, you don't have to go to any meetings. I That's hate true. the meetings. Yeah. That's right. Like the That's meetings right. will you happen don't. and then just show up at the thing where, you know, you're walking or like showing solidarity yeah. is stay not plugged nothing. in. Yeah. You know? Stay plugged in. Yeah. That's, That's right. That's say, right. Yeah. That's right. And just say, if you have, it's been a little while and somebody said like, if somebody says like, I'm going to go to this thing, do you want to go? Just go. Yes. Yeah. Just go. Yeah, sure. Just go do yeah. Go do yeah. I'll just go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's move on. That was, that was fun. And now the big one. All right. The big one. And uh, in the, as, as old Ned, Ned Frierson said, is it Frierson or Flyerson? I don't remember. Ryerson. From right. Ryerson. Ryerson. From, uh, Ned Ryerson. Day? Yeah. It's a Dahoozy. <laughs> <laughs> was the, that was a long reach for that anyway um clarence thomas uh was in the news and uh he's still in the news in fact he's back in the news in fact there's new information about the clarence thomas harlan crow relationship and it it turns out that old harlan the uh the good guy that he is happened to buy clarence thomas's mother's home that was then heavily remodeled uh for clarence thomas's mother to live in uh and on top of that little russian nesting doll of fun here uh there is a story that came out that clarence thomas's disclosures still list rental income from a company that does no longer exist which would seem 
problematic to most folks, I think. Oh, wow. Where's the money coming from? Um, very, very interesting. <laughs> um, well, so, we were talking about a billionaire real estate magnate yes. uh, and a defunct real estate corporation that still that doesn't exist, that still has money yeah. funneling through it yeah. to one of the most powerful people uh, in the world, I yeah. would argue. Um, and I guess he sure. still hasn't commented, right? Uh, not so, not so much. Yeah, and I, and I have to. Um, I I'm an SNL lover. Uh, I and I still watch it uh, a lot. And I have to give a shout out to whoever wrote the joke over there about this because they they hit on the story, and the joke um, was Harlan Crow, the uh, blackest name of a white guy ever. Like it's just like <laughs> such a it was such a good joke. It was so freaking funny and well executed. And it is just like hilarious. Uh, like Harlan Crow is such a cool name, um, but he's also not a cool guy. Not a cool guy. This I've always thought of happening. it, by the way, as as like in my because I told you guys like I've I've this is not my first rodeo in a sense with like knowing who Harlan Crow was, right? Um, but like I've oh he is kind of a Batman villain. Like he yes. specifically is like a DC villain. Like yeah. like and not just DC. He's definitely a Batman villain. Like, He's a true underbelly that, guy. Remember that Lex Luthor was basically like a real estate agent. Like he wanted to just like blow yeah. up America so that he'd have like coastal property somewhere. Yeah. Like yeah. that's Harlan Crow probably was like, it's a pretty good idea. Like that's like totally the kind of guy he is. hundred percent. Yeah. So this is still happening. Uh, lots of calls for resignation. Uh, you know, I don't see impeachment as happening. Somebody wrote about. We got we to gotta break would... down this thing with the, with the mom's house though, a little bit more. We got to talk more about like this ridiculousness of Harlan Crow buying Clarence Thomas's yeah. mama's house and fixing it up for her and buying and demolishing neighborhood properties that had become an eyesore, yep. presumably to make her living experience better. Now, listen, I have zero problem wow. with any yeah, of that. Yeah, that's another like, level. Yeah. <laughs> it is. No, this, that's so different this is different than new pro- cabinets. So, yeah. So this is like, no, the like they needed an, and like the, the architect they hired is clearly a friend of Crow's. Like it's one of the, it's like one of the, they said in the article. So by the way, like ProPublica should get uh, a Pulitzer for this stuff. This is yes. unbelievable reporting they've been doing. Um, so I can't believe that this is true, but one of Harlan Crow's excuses for why he has bought up so many lots of land. Oh, this is all cheap. Like this is all super cheap real estate. It it sounds like, like definitely he bought up land uh, in an inner city neighborhood that had gone to seed. Like a lot of them did, like a lot of inner city neighborhoods under the do under like a lot of neglect. And that whether or not Clarence Thomas, like, wouldn't it be great to know, like, what happened if he nudged him and was like, oh, oh woe is me. I'm just a lowly Supreme Court judge in my mama's house. It's fun. my mom. And Harlan, yeah. Yeah. yeah and Harlan Crow was like, oh, she okay. doesn't want to move. <laughs> so you have to demolish all the houses yeah. around her. And, and can you buy up some of those vacant lots and cap the, you know, whatever he did, like cap the you know utilities and mow the grass and stuff so they don't oh, look so yeah. overrun so she's right. getting eaten by mosquitoes and so the aphids don't eat her roses or whatever i'm sure mrs thomas is a very nice woman this has nothing to do with her um and she no, doesn't know doesn't. why that's really fixed. important so this is my this is to me the most unbelievable thing that i've read a billionaire say 
this year that includes i want you to think about all the ridiculous shit that's come out of elon musk's Musk's. mouth in the in the year of our lord 2023 this is the craziest thing all right in a statement so this article you guys have to read it it's an easy read um it's very link is in the show notes it's pro public it won't like it's it and like it's one of those things that you're going to read and you're going to be like Yes, for our team, you know, like you don't play the what if this were Obama game at all. Don't play this like don't play the like what if this were Sotomayor. Like don't play right, that game. Right, right, That's right, a bad right. game. Don't play that game right now. But okay, it this is the ProPublica article. In a statement, Crow said he purchased Thomas's mother's house where Thomas spent part of his childhood to preserve it for posterity. "Quote: My intention is to one day create a public museum." at the Thomas home dedicated to telling the story of our nation's second wow, black Supreme pitch. Court justice, Jesus he said. Christ. Quote, <laughs> I approached the Thomas family about my desire to maintain this historic site so future generations could learn about the inspiring life of one of our greatest Americans. Yep. Period. Yeah. And like... I That is like... Sorry, that is like... That's more pig shit than any of the KFOs that we've talked about. Like that's <laughs> that's so like, dude, you your friend's mother's house was falling apart. You're a real estate person. Neither of you has a, a bucket of ethics between you. Um, and so you just did your friend a solid. Now they he's flipped all of these lots. I should say, like Harlan Crow probably made money because the the neighborhood, like every other, uh, like I, all the all the like. I'll say like historic neighborhoods. If you live in a historic neighborhood right now and you own a house in America, congratulations. They're all going to gentrify all of them. hundred percent of them are going to gentrify. This one is no different. This is a nice part. It's like it's, it's in Savannah. Savannah right? Yeah, it's yeah, the, yeah. yeah. So like, so that whole area is going crazy right now. Yeah. So he made a good penny, but the idea, sorry, I'll, I'll shut up after this. The idea that he thinks he can get away with saying, First of all, the Clarence Thomas is one of this country's greatest historic figures is one of the most mind boggling lies that's ever been told. Um, And that he thinks that people believe that, like even people in their circle don't believe that Clarence Thomas is a great man. A hundred percent. Like they'd be more. um, Who's the guy that you met, Adam? Scalia. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, he's their guy. That's oh, yeah, their dude. Absolutely, absolutely. That's their dude. Yeah. And Thomas, I mean, not Thomas. Uh, Chief, uh, Chief uh, Justice Thomas, not this one. Um, maybe him. Uh, that's laughable. That's just ridiculous. That's just like, do stop gilding the lily. You sound like an idiot. Yeah. Um, but uh, like so, the but they that they've done this outside of what are Thomas's ethical responsibilities, right? Um. This is the worst scandal to ever land in the lap of a Supreme Court judge uh, that I, I can say. think of in my lifetime. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would say that it is. And like, this is somebody like Harlan Crow is somebody who, if you don't like the Koch brothers, he's not as flashy, he's not as showy, he's not as in your face as they are. But oh my God, like, this yeah, is somebody he's, who he's you want to talk about. Oh my God! Totally. Like this is somebody who who like I probably eventually learned to like Donald Trump, even though right. he's he supported Ted Cruz. Whatever. All right, now I'm gonna shut up. Go. I just had to get so, that off my chest. The uh, <laughs> the uh, I'll kick it to Sean with this. The last line in this article is ethics 
ethics law experts uh, sorry this is the the midpoint ethics law experts said crow's intentions had no bearing on thomas's legal obligation to disclose the sale just just a tight little sentence right there what do you think Jesus Sean? christ yeah yeah i mean so the reason that people are so upset rightfully so is the politics of it right you know right, so right, for right. everyone who hates politics like this is the story for you because that's why this is so disgusting yeah Harlan Crow has all this money. He's a huge mega donor to GOP candidates and causes. And he's also surreptitiously sponsoring this Supreme Court justice. And it's you cannot say that Thomas would just decide what he was going to decide regardless of what Harlan Crow gave him. And they're both conservatives. So that's how I know that, you know, Thomas would always be on Crow's side anyway. But all these individual entities and candidates will and are involved in legal disputes that don't have anything to do with politics, you know, that have to do with criminal activity or, you know, campaign finance violations or defamation or whatever it is, you know, it's like, so Harlan Crow is going to have a dog and all these fights that will end up in front of the Supreme court justices and do and have shown up in front of the justices. So like, you know, he's these anti-abortion cases, you know, it's like, these are groups that are funded by the same guy who sponsors one of the Supreme court justices. So the Supreme court justice is going to be, you know, biased towards their common benefactor. And it's always, and it's always like a thumb on the scale thing too. Like when you're talking about some of these, some of these, like really we were talking, what were the three things, the straw, the whatever, and the whatever. So yeah, the straw, the sticks, the sticks, the stones, the three little picks. Right, right. So there's nothing more. I would it, stone would be like Supreme Court decision, right? It's yeah, brick. You, That's yeah, what yeah. was always messing me up. Brick, it's, yeah. It's brick. Yeah, but if you say <laughs> so, straw, stick, stone, yeah. you get the three yeah. S thing. It's an alliteration. Yeah. yeah. So, so oh, there's yeah, there's <laughs> nothing more kind of difficult as we're kind of learning, uh, and more disruptive to kind of the way things have been done or not, um, than a Supreme Court decision. Um, Lots of important things have been decided at the, at the, at, in the court, right? So, dude, the Dobbs the, case the, is a perfect example of like yeah, that's why it's the stone. That's why it's the court. it's the final rail, right? So, like Citizens United, you know? Yeah, right. yeah. United. Talk about right. something that like nobody was paying attention to, and like, holy shit, it broke it broke politics. Um, so there's these like thumb on the scale cases about things like clean water, about things like I don't know, like uh, tax obligations, uh, things that can. Things, yes. about, yeah, things. I'm even thinking about things like, like those are the things I think that the people do pay attention to. Like, you, wait, I can't right. get a what? Like that's something that really. But like the when you're say suing your insurance company because they wouldn't, you know, approve a claim so that you could get a scan and that then your cancer came back and you're going to die and you're suing your insurance company and then you get in front of a judge in your state and the and they're like, well, we can't because the Supreme Court declared and whatever. Now, I'm not saying that's actually happened. But those are the kinds of things that nobody pays attention to that people like Crow and Thomas and their to- make sure strategically get in front of the court at the right time. So the Supreme Court can completely undermine like all sorts of, I would say, like standardized administrative type uh, uh, law. Right? right. So he should to say that he hasn't is it is disgusting and unacceptable that that old man has not just been like. Yeah, I gotta go, you guys. And of course he won't because of 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 Biden, right? 
like on no right. un, yeah. like he is going to thomas is going to die on the court probably like he's probably not going to step down the fact that he faces because they're so happy with their majority it still have a majority on the court this would have a super majority right the fact that they're not going to call for his resignation is uh i think it's a i listen I don't normally put subtlety like this in the hands of American voters, but I think this might be a bridge too far. Like this is like, it's cause like you said, so this is not difficult to understand. This right. like when he bought his mama's wait, what it's not, that's not the kind of thing billionaires do for their friends. Like that's crazy. Right. So if it gets worse too, like there's still uncovering this, like, and they're just like, by the way, like, ProPublica is literally just following the money. There's yeah. no like whistleblower. Yeah. There's no like tranche of files that someone's been getting. No, these they're are real just, estate transactions. These are public documents. Yeah. Folks. They're just going through stacks of stuff. This and is going, the stuff huh, they couldn't hide. This is the stuff they couldn't hide. So at what point does someone feel emboldened to say, um, listen, I'm, I know I'm going to get in trouble for this. I might even lose my law license. I'm just making up a fake person um who would have access to like contracts and documents and things like that i i know this is really gonna screw me up but i was in the room when harlan crow said this to thomas and thomas said all right i got like someone's gonna do that right right, right. someone's like i it could that could happen i think this is like i don't know i'm so appalled man this is so ridiculous to me this is like one of the worst things i've ever seen in yeah my life. well and it's yeah. like you know trust in the supreme court has been eroding and like i've talked about this with Michelle, my wife, who, you know, abhors politics and, uh, but is really concerned about a lot of the stuff that happens. And, you know, it doesn't seem like rocket science to her. She's like, yeah, the Supreme Court is too political and it's taking our rights away. And Thomas is a huge part of that. And so, and it, it does make our country worse, you know, when our Supreme Court is not politically independent and when people don't believe that the Supreme Court's politically independent. Yeah. Well said. Good week. Thanks for thanks, thanks for hanging out and chatting, you guys. That's fun as well. The Heartland Pod is a production of Midmap Media LLC. Follow us on Twitter with at the Heartland Pod. With email, you can reach us heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com. Online with heartlandpod.com. Subscribe and please sign up for our Patreon with patreon.com slash heartlandpod. Become a podhead or an official podgressive today and unlock all of our content. See you at the next show.